Welcome to the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. I am Allison Katzkowski, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in to check out exactly what we're talking about. Self-care means so many things to people. It's one of the reasons I decided to start this show. And you'll hear self-care discussed from a number of different angles in this space. I am grateful to have you with me, and I hope you get a lot out of what I'm going to share with you Hi, everyone. It's Allison Katzkowski with this week's edition of the Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. Thank you so much for joining me on this Tuesday morning. I am really excited about my guest today. My guest is Dr. Janine Bolon, and we connected through a mutual colleague not too long ago, but we're going to have a really interesting conversation today. If you've been following me for a while, you know, I've been talking a lot about, you know, mindset tips and tricks and things that we can tell ourselves, ways that we can make self-care easy, but we're going to kind of dial it back a little bit today, literally, and we're going to talk a little bit more about a concept called relaxation, which from what I hear from so many of you, I just can't relax. My mind is going a mile a minute. So we're going to try to address that today. So thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me on today, Allison. I'm looking forward to our conversation so that we can help people actually move forward in their own journey. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell my audience a little bit about you and what you do and your body of work because you're involved in so many interesting things. Yes, I started off, I was a college professor teaching mathematics and physics to non-majors. And so that's where I got my master's degree. And that's where I started helping people with debt-free living. And because at the time, back in 1996, 1997, debt-free living was really the providence of what they called downshifters. And I think we would call them uh, minimalists now. Yeah. Um, uh But down at that time, you know, and my... um, experience was that so many people were in huge amounts of debt. Mm -hmm. And so I was working with families to help drop that. And because we were working so much with lifestyle, it just was kind of natural that I then moved into how to relax. And I started teaching techniques on that. And I had my own spiritual journey that I was doing at the time. I was under the guidance of a Hindu uh, master. I was learning how to do meditation, stuff like that. Anyway, and so I started teaching these techniques to other people, and folks always thought meditation was some sort of a spiritual thing. Well, you know, fast forward now, you know, we're 20, 30 years (laughs) into the future, so it's it's a lot different now. But still, people find themselves getting wrapped up in thoughts that are not to their benefit, and so I still find that that the techniques I was teaching 30 years ago are just as powerful and just as appropriate today. But I have learned how to make super quick exercises or programs for people. And so that's something that we can talk about today is how they can calm things down in three minutes or less. Oh, awesome. I love it. So so let's, before we get into that, let's kind of just attack the the horse, take the horse right by the front, if you will. I Why do you think so many people have trouble relaxing? Well, it's not allowed. Really? <laughs> when you Explain. think about it, think about it. When you were a young child, when were you just allowed to sit and be? Even I learned very early on that I needed to have a book in my hand or I needed to be do something, you know, idle hands were the work of the devil was what a lot of people would say. I was raised uh, in a military environment. I was raised, my father was in the military and my mother was a nurse. And it was just one of those things that they still had that very much that uh, mythos or ethic of idle hands, you're not allowed to sit still. If you're not, if you're not actively engaged in doing, then you're not being productive, you're not being efficient, and ergo, you're not doing anything useful. 
And so you have to remember that is yeah. a dynamic that is very much prevalent in yes. the American society. If you're Today, not physically moving, too. if right. you're not physically active and engaged in something, then you are not being a productive member of society. Now, this is unspoken. This is this is one of those cultural dynamics. And so when you go to other countries, especially if you go to the islands. I was raised on an island called the Luther in the Bahamas during my middle school years. And there you have what's called island time. People move slower. People are not as fast. It's like leagues different. They're moving at the at the speed of a tortoise, where Americans are definitely the jackrabbit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's one of those things you learn off right off the bat, right? Well, why do they move around slower? Well, because it's blazing hot. Okay. It's the tropics. You're not going to be rushing about. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that I think is just a cultural thing that as I've moved about the world, as I've seen different things, I've noticed Americans really struggle with how do you go about relaxing? They say, oh, I'm very relaxed. I'm very relaxed. But that's after they've had a glass of wine or they've had to engage in multiple beers or something like that. Mm -hmm. They need a lot of assistance at getting things to calm down. Yes. I love how you put that because I just think that's so typical of how so many people live today. Mm -hmm. It's they don't feel like they're being productive or challenged unless they're like moving all the time. But when in fact, it's almost like, there's a saying that somebody told me once that I've never forgotten it. You got to slow down to speed up, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. The biggest one I remember is from an archer. And I was learning archery in Japan, which was very much a traditional art form uh -huh. uh, for them. And so I was in elementary school at this time. And one of the things they talked about was if you want a bow to work well with your arrows, you must release it. You must take the, uh, the strain of it off. And so they were always talking about how you, not your, not your arrow, but then how you would relax the bow afterwards. And that's something that always stood out for me. And so I know a lot of people may not be involved in archery, mm -hmm. but it just makes sense. I mean, intuitively people will go, well, of course you don't want to have a bow strung and tight and keep it at that tension. The other one was when I was learning how to play a fiddle. And when you when you play a violin, the bow strings that made out of horsehair, you always release your bow after you play. You don't keep the bow tight before, you know, so people who are used to instruments or stringed instruments or stuff understand how important it is not to keep things tight all the time. However, when it comes to our own activity, yes. when it comes to our own <laughs> physicality, yes. uh -huh. we expect ourselves to be on 24-7 without any relaxation. Yes. Yeah. And I just think, unfortunately, because of what we're conditioned, how we're conditioned to live in society today, especially with social media and this, this idea that things happen so quickly. Mm -hmm. But the, along with that goes the thought that unless we're moving quickly, that we'll fall behind. So mm -hmm. I hear that all the time from people. It's like, well, if I don't keep going, I'm going to get behind. Mm -hmm. And my rebuttal is always, well, you can, you can, you're never really get behind. You can always start. So every mm -hmm. day you can tell yourself, I can at least always start. And one of the things I like to share, and both you and I operate, we're, we're saying the same thing. When I yeah. get ready to share you with this, we're saying the same thing. We're just asking people to shift 
their perspective. And so the perspective is like you, you're saying every day is a sheet of, of white paper and yes. you get to write. Yes. And, and I love that because it's true. Every day is a new day. And the fact that you're trying to make it a continuum is actually artificial. Art, artificial. Yeah. It's not yeah. true. But the other one I like to share uh, with people is that you're going to get behind what? I like to attack what the mindset is in their brain. Like, mm -hmm. what are you afraid of getting behind on? Who is out front? Who are you supposedly yeah. chasing? Yeah. What is the race, right? So I like to attack that aspect of the mindset. Both are correct. And so I tell, I share with people, whichever one you resonate with. But the thing is, is start questioning your belief system. Yes. So you're like, I'm afraid I'm going to miss out. Miss out on what? Well, there's so much stuff happening. Do you care? I mean, seriously, when you think about it, who gives a care about some of these pop stars and what their drama and trauma yeah. is all about, yeah. especially when you're not living a life that's anywhere close to what they're right. living? Right. And and if you were to live their life, you'd be absolutely miserable. miserable. And you know yes. that, right? Yeah. So what is your joy? What is it that you enjoy going after? What's your passion? Some people are like, oh my gosh, Janine, you're part of the happiness cult. And I'm like, okay, no, I'm not actually. <laughs> I'm not part of the happiness cult. Yeah. But I do want you to live life that is in alignment with your true passion. And I don't mean you have to be happy, happy, joy, joy the entire time. But I do know that there are certain activities that you find yourself thriving mm -hmm. in. I want you to be able to live in yeah. that kind of environment, yeah. not this false uh, perception of yourself that you have. Yes. Yeah. Well, I also think too, to your point that, you know, when we're constantly saying I'm behind, I got to go do this or I'm going to get behind. To your point, I feel like what that comes from is not this need to try to keep up with everybody else. It's this need underneath that. Maybe it's not really a need, but it's this thought underneath all that that we don't measure up. And that if we don't get all these things done, that we will not just fall behind, but we will be considered not important. Well, this goes back to money, believe it or not. Oh, yeah. And it does it does go back to money. It it was interesting as I was moving up the socioeconomic ladder, as I learned more and more about money, as I started accruing more of an estate. Mm -hmm. One of the things I found interesting was I came from very lower class. Mm -hmm. And at the lower class, it's like when you had ex extra money, you would... Uh, spend it on entertainment for tomorrow you may die. Like life is short. You never yeah. know what's going to happen. Yeah. Tomorrow you may die. And so it was a very short, almost fatalistic point of view when it came to money. Whereas when uh, we I moved up into the middle class and that, it was like what you were judged by was your accomplishments. Well, what have you done lately? What have you done for me lately? And that was very much middle class. Mm -hmm. And there it was all about saving in 401ks and IRAs and you know stuff like that. As I moved up to the upper echelons of wealth, there it was about legacy mm -hmm. and what do things look like. And it was a very different. So as I moved all through these different socioeconomic states, that's why I start challenging a lot of my folks who are middle class. I'm like, please remember under our particular mindset, one of the things that keeps us in that mindset is we feel we have to be accomplished. Yes. That if we're not mm -hmm. accomplished at something and therefore we're not worthy. Mm -hmm. And that is something that is endemic in a lot of our culture is yes. that we are not worthy of the blessings that we have. We're not worthy of the health 
Mm-hmm. that we have. We're not worthy of the good things that come to us. We have to prove our worthiness for these mm-hmm. things. And this is a fallacy. That is yeah. something that is actually working against us, mm-hmm. especially when you're over the age of 45. Well, and it's actually working against our ability to be able to relax and actually enjoy our lives, right? Because I totally like, agree with you. Because, yeah. it, because at the end of the day, it's like, what are we doing all this for? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. what what does it really matter? If you're just out there killing yourself all the time and you don't have any time to sit back or you don't make any time, I should say, and you can sit back and actually relax and think about the legacy that you're going to leave behind and what do you want to be known for? And one of the things I challenge my entrepreneurs on that I coach is what what's the primary aim? You know, what's the whole reason why you're doing all this? It's not so that nobody's ever going to say at the end of their life, they wish they worked more, right? <laughs> right? They're just not. Um, I don't care how much you love what you do. That's just a fact. Well, having been at the bedside of multiple people in my family that have passed, I can assure you the things that we were talking about and to be, and a lot of people don't like to talk about death, but I've had it in my life ever since I was quite young. Mm -hmm. And so to me, it's like, I talk about all those taboo subjects. I talk about money. I talk about death. I talk about illness, all those things that people don't like to talk about. But Mm -hmm. I bring that elephant out because that elephant is literally what is killing us. It's crushing us because we choose not to look it in the face. And so I think it's fabulous that we're recording this on Halloween when we have all these celebrations (laughs) about, you know, where you have skeletons running around and we're talking about ancestors because the the thing is uh, the conversations that you have is quality of life issues are what really pop up, you know, were they able to spend the time with family that they wanted? Were they able to spend time with those that they loved and they cared about? Were they running their businesses in alignment with their moral compass? Things like this were, you know, one of my family members that passed, he was very content with himself because he had run his business the way he had. He had treated his people the best he knew how, and he was quite content with his life, even though he had retired from all that, had sold the business, all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things. It's like, how are you going to feel on your deathbed. And I know that's a very common thing that they recommend in goal setting and everything. What do you want to live with your life? Right. But I always like to say when you're on your deathbed, it becomes very stark. Like Mm -hmm. you have a transparency of your life. You know, you can't take any of the physicality with you. With you. Right. What you can take are your memories, your experiences, and the people you shared those with. So it becomes very simplistic. And that's why I like people to kind of envision themselves. Okay, I'm at the end of life. I'm in the, you know, death in my deathbed. Uh, what is it that I want to be saying or sharing or having experienced? And so I know a lot of people talk about bucket lists and all that, but that almost doesn't really encapsulate, you know, that's still a doing thing. Yeah. What is it that you were actually able to be, you yeah. know? As that human being. And I know that's very trite and a lot of people use that. But it's once again, we're talking about your mindset and whatever format works best for your personality. Just keep playing around with it until you find out for yourself. What is it you want to be when you grow yeah. up? I'm still figuring it out. I don't well, know. About I, mean, you, I, just, I, I mean, well, I, I tell you, I, I tell myself a lot of those same things. I've been in business almost 25 years now. And I've like pivoted and changed over the years. And it's like, oh, well, maybe now I'll go work on this over here. That's that's part of part of why we do what we do, though, is mm-hmm. so that we can say, OK, what's next? 
Mm-hmm. But in a but in more of a, a playful, joyful type spirit rather than just checking something off the list. You know, it's exactly it's learning yeah. to fall in love with your life and what you have, right? It's mm-hmm. like that's what's gonna bring you that's what's gonna bring you happiness in the long run. So I've got a cool invitation for you. Ever since the pandemic turned the health and fitness and wellness industry on its collective head, what I'm feeling called to do now is to help health and fitness entrepreneurs build and innovate and grow in their businesses. And I've opened up a brand new community on Facebook, and I would love for you to come over and join me there. So if you are a business owner, if you are working on a brand new idea, if you're developing a new product, or if you're feeling called to serve at a higher level within the health and fitness and wellness space in the collective, I want to invite you to come over and join me there. Join me over in my Innovate and Grow for fitness and wellness professionals in the coaching space on Facebook. I would love to have you there. We've got lots of really fun things going on in there. I've got my weekly live show that I do every Wednesday at noon where I give away real informative business tips, the real stuff, folks. This isn't just some cheesy sales strategy. Come over and join me and innovate and grow for fitness and health wellness entrepreneurs on Facebook so that you don't miss any of the action. I will see you there. Well, it's like a Oscar Wilde's play in The Ideal Husband, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> when you fall in love with oneself, it gives you a lifetime of romance. Yeah. You know, well, and I've always loved that line because it was true. You know, yeah. if you're truly in love with yourself and it sounds very selfish, it sounds egocentric. But if you can look at yourself in the mirror and look into your own eyes and say, I love you, warts and all. I love you. I know you're yeah. flawed, but I love you anyway. And yeah. people well, we usually break down. Well, yeah, we all yes. Are. But when you're looking in the mirror, it's just me, myself and I. Right. Yeah, I mean, right. so you're absolutely right. Yeah. But you're looking in the mirror. It's just you standing yeah. there looking in the mirror, yeah. looking in your own eyes, saying that. And I've had multiple clients who would just break down and it took them days before they yeah. were actually able to do yeah. that uh, situation. Yeah. Why do you think so many people I know a lot. No, we basically alluded to this, but. Why do you think so many people just flat out have trouble relaxing, like sitting and having like quiet time daily to themselves or even even operating at a high level, but in a relaxed state? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, with what I've been able to find out from my clients and in my own life, it's just that it's not rewarded. It's not a activity that is seen as beneficial. A lot of lip service is paid to this, but when it comes to day-to-day life, when you're growing up, you just don't experience it. Now, one of the things that may be of interest to people is that many of the folks that I work with that are millionaires or multimillionaires all have times in their day where they just sit and they don't call it meditation. It may be journaling, but there is time of Mm self-reflection and successful people have this. So it just depends on, and not all the time do I focus on the finances. It's just Mm -hmm. our culture. It's like the more wealthy you are, the more successful you're perceived, but realize that I've been able to meet with amazingly successful Mm -hmm. people that have multi-millions and tens of millions of dollars type of businesses and estates. And with these individuals, they all talk about how they never would have gotten to where they were if they hadn't had time each day where they were doing self-reflection. One gentleman and I were actually comparing calendars about how we both get up 
early in the morning so that we have two hours of time where it's just ourselves Mm -hmm. so that we can plan our lives in accordance with our own moral compass. And even while we were raising young children, we may not have been able to spend the the uh, quantity of time, Mm -hmm. but we were spending quality time with ourselves. Yes. No, I agree with you. I personally, for me, I mean, in the especially the way my business model is set up now, but for years it was not because I was in that hours for dollars, that grind really, mm-hmm. you know, and I was raised, you know, I, both of my parents came from very modest means and I was raised with the mentality that if you don't go out and work hard, you're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it really got, kind of goes in line with a lot of what we're talking about. But now one of the things I do is I get, I'm, I'm up early every day. I always get my workout in early because to me, it kind of sets the tone for the day for me. It's like time spent on me. And then I have that intentional reflection time, like what you're talking about. For me, it might be journaling, listening to one of my favorite meditations, writing out, you know, where I would, where my, my, see my business going in the next month and the next six months, whatever. And to me, that's actually fun because it's, it's like I'm vision casting, but by putting it on paper, it's like becoming a lot more real. And that's what gets me excited. And it's that energy state. That's what allows me to continually create. And I, I've found that with people who are creative. Now, I know some people say, I'm not creative. And I'm like, that's because you haven't given yourself time to create. Mm-hmm. Um, you haven't allowed yourself the chance to daydream a bit and then to be able to write it down on paper. But we all are creating our own lives. And yeah. so when people say that they that uh, I don't I don't create or I'm not creative. I'm like, I beg to differ. You're breathing and you're yeah. standing in front of me. <laughs> totally. Right. Well, we can be creative if we decide we're going to be creative. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So let's say someone out there is listening to this chat and they're thinking, wow, I really think that I'm really like digging this. I really think that maybe this could actually work for me, but maybe they're in a position where they're just up to here with commitments and they're overscheduled and they're just wondering what are some really easy places that they can begin to try to experience, whether it's intentional reflection time, relaxation time, and how can they make that a regular part of their routine? With people who are overscheduled and maybe they're working two or three jobs, just trying to stay afloat. It depends on where they are in the socioeconomic status of their, of our country. Um, One of the things I recommend to those individuals is you can find a minute, 60 seconds a day. You can start with that, just 60 seconds, where you watch your breath. And one of the things that happens to people who aren't used to focusing on their breath is they take a deep breath. They go, yeah. And you'll just see stress just flow off their shoulders. Their shoulders will no longer be up around their ears. They'll actually lower their shoulders. And I'm like, we're not doing yoga here. We're not doing meditation. We're doing nothing. I just want you to focus on breathing because it's through the breath that you either carry your stress or you release it. Mm -hmm. And so what I recommend then is about every two to three hours, they have an alarm go off on their phone and just breathe. 
And, and there's apps out there now. I mean, ever since 2020, I've always been impressed with what people came oh, up with to help it's, everybody. It's, right. it's a little overwhelming, actually, yeah. for somebody like myself who's been in the business for a long time to see just the sheer volume of help that's that people are bringing out. So and all I don't the know technology you, that goes with it. Too, that goes right? with it, right? Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't know what your preferred mode is. Everybody has a preferred mode, whether it's on your phone, a tablet, a laptop. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. It's like what works for you. Now, in my case, I have an alarm that goes off every 30 minutes on my computer when I'm in a certain uh, desktop app, because that's where I do my programming. I'm, I'm doing a lot of brain kind of stuff, a lot of mind things and doing a lot of subroutine programming. So when I'm in the midst of all of that, that alarm will go off and I can usually pause what I'm doing and then just focus on breathing for 30 seconds. And then I would go up to 60 seconds. Eventually, what we're trying to do is get you to a point where you focus on your breathing for about three minutes. Now, believe it or not, this is considered a form of meditation because you're mm. focused on your breathing. On and if you're focused day. on, yeah, on mm-hmm. the present, like what's happening. Right, what's happening in the moment. And if you're focused on your breathing and your brain tries to take over, you put it back on the breathing because your brain has nothing to do with the breathing. It's a subconscious thing. So your active thinking brain gets to feeling left out and then it starts acting up Mm -hmm. and you will start to notice where your ego or your thinking brain is trying to interfere and get into Mm -hmm. your activity of just focusing on your breathing. When you become self-aware to where you're seeing that your brain, your mind, your thoughts are actually trying to interfere with you focusing on your breathing, you start Mm -hmm. to laugh and you start to see the difference between who you are as a human being versus your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And that's the first step to Mm self-actualization where you start to understand I am not my thoughts. And that's a huge leap for most people. Agree. Agree. Because I think people get, we get so attached to what we're thinking because depending on what direction it goes, it can really carry quite a bit of charge. So I think the more that we can, the more that we can remind people that this is actually something that we're in control of, I think the better off we're all going to be. It just allows you to live life as the Buddhists say, without as much suffering. Because we create so much of our own suffering through our own drama and trauma in our own head. Nobody has to really do anything to us. I mean, they can trigger us or something like that. Mm -hmm. But technically speaking, a lot of people create their own suffering just because of the reruns in their brain of things that were emotional for them. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So this has been just so fascinating. So where can people find you? Um, I think the easiest thing is to go to LinkedIn. I'm Janine Bolin, and it's spelled like colon, only with a B, so <laughs> unfortunate but true. <laughs> People remember okay. how to spell my name that yeah, way. Okay. And um, and you'll see me with my headset on. And the other way is you can join me for my open Friday coffee that I have almost every Friday. And you can go to the eightgates.com and the eight gates is my company. Mm-hmm. And if you need to, you can go to LinkedIn first to find me and then find my my uh, website and then sign up for my open Friday coffee. And I'll be glad to chat with you with the rest of the people who show up. Oh, I love that. I love that. And and I think before we got on, you were talking, you were talking about a self-study course that you have to offer my audience. Uh, Yes. It's uh, the 10 steps to abundance. And yes, I do talk about money through it, but we also talk about mindset and how to move forward in your life. And you can find that on the eight gates. Um, You can go to the 10 steps to abundance and find a 
it, it'll be on there and you'll be able awesome. to get it. Awesome. I love that. What an amazing, what an amazing free gift. So any parting thoughts? I think the gold nugget I'm going to lead you with is that when it comes to relaxation, realize it's going to take practice just like any musical instrument, but it's not work. It's not work. So with like a musical instrument, you know, you have to put energy and effort into it. When it comes to relaxation, it's listening. It's Mm -hmm. passive. And you're so used to being active and a doer that it seems very alien when you're being asked to listen and relax and focus on your breath. Your brain doesn't want you to do that. It wants Mm -hmm. you to suffer. Your thoughts want you to stay in that drama and trauma cycle. Mm -hmm. And so when you start doing these things of relaxing and just sitting, you're going to hear innumerable voices telling you you're wasting your time. Mm, Interesting. Okay. So the more we can learn to be patient too, I think with ourselves, the better that's going to help as well, right? Give yourself a break. You're learning. Yeah. Yeah, You're just learning. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for being my guest today. I really appreciate you making time and that we could work this out. Thank you, Allison. I'm glad that you had me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if anyone out there is listening and feeling really inspired by our conversation, please feel free to connect with Janine at either through her LinkedIn profile or the eight gates. You'll find all those at the, in the show notes um, here with this episode. So please feel free to reach out to her. And if you're not yet in my Facebook community, please come over and join me there. Living your ultimate life through fitness and self-care. We talk about a lot of these types of things there, the connection between movement and mindset and relaxation and and really questioning what it is that we're thinking and how we're prioritizing ourselves and putting ourselves first so that we can be sure that we are there for the people who mean the most to us. Um, Before I sign off, as I always do, I just want to say how thankful and grateful I am for all of your support of my show and my message. We reach new people every single week and we're heard all over the world and I couldn't do it without you. So just know that how grateful and thankful I am from the bottom of my heart. We're going to, this is exactly why I do what I do is that hopefully in some of these conversations, whatever is said is what you need to hear at this particular moment in your life. So just know that I'm always here to listen. You're welcome to send me a message. You can go to my website at www.theallisonk.com and see what we're up to and send me a note. This is Allison Katzkowski with The Ultimate Journey of Self-Care. You're one step closer to living your ultimate life, so make it a good one.